0: You now I don't know about you, but I'm 48 years old, and one of the things that I've learned is that life requires patience. And we all know what patience is. It doesn't mean we all have patience, but patience is the whole idea of, of waiting for something without whining, without moaning, without belly aching, without becoming angry. You know, patience when, uh, I don't know, I've got four kids, and I remember when they were little, they're like, okay, it's time to go. And what do they say? I can't find my shoes. You just had them. They're gone. They're lost somewhere in the ether. So you're you're waiting patiently for your kids to find their shoes. You're waiting for a a customer service rep to answer the line. Push three. You need patience in those moments. You you have patience when you're waiting in traffic. We all know that we need patience. But what about when you need patience that goes deeper than that? What about when you need patience? Long-term patience. Patience that's beyond uh, waiting for a table, waiting on a delay in a project, uh, waiting for someone to respond to you. What about long-term patience? Patience for a season or maybe for a lifetime. Patience when you're dealing with infertility. Patience when you're uh, dealing with chronic illness or uh, pain or disease. Uh, Patience when... You've got uh, cycles. It just seems like poverty and and job loss and you can never get ahead and and you gotta be patient in that time of life. Patience for a a wayward child who's just gone off the deep end and they're living a way that you you could never even imagine. And you're patiently waiting for them to come back to the Lord, come back to your family, to reconnect relationally. Patience for um, seemingly unresolvable uh, family issues. Who's got some of those? Patience uh, for a marriage that just no matter what you do, just always seems to have strife. When you need patience like that, it's not just the short term, okay, it's fine. I can take a deep breath. The traffic will eventually clear and I'll get there. It's a different kind of patience. How do you get that patience? One thing I know what we're going to see that the Bible tells us is this, long-term patience requires long-term vision. You can't have short-term patience and endure a long-term situation. You need to have a different, you can't look at the immediate, okay, this is five minutes, okay, I'm going to be 10 minutes late, not a big deal. Just take a breath, eventually the food will come, so there was a delay. The waiter or waitress didn't come when I wanted them to, it's fine. That's still having an immediate point of view, but when you're going through long-term situations, seasons that require patience. You need long-term vision. You need to see beyond what's right in front of you. And that's what James is talking about here in James chapter 5. He starts, he says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. That's a long, listen, this was written 2,000 years ago. We're still being patient, long-term patience. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So James is saying in the scope of eternity, Jesus is going to be here quick in the scope of your life. It's going to require long-term patience. You're going to have to have a different point of view. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to learn to say, I can't just look at the immediate. As followers of Christ, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, one thing that you ought to know, if you don't, this is, this is a news flash to you. We believe that there's still a life to come, that this life isn't everything. As Christians, we're waiting for the return of Jesus when he makes everything new, everything right, everything perfect. So we live with this view of saying someday life the way God fully intended it to be lived will be lived. With radical peace, unending love. Mercy that just pours out continually. There'll be no anger, there'll be no hate, there'll be no bitterness, there'll be no war, there'll be no death, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no selfishness, there'll be no greed, there'll be no pain or sorrow. All those things will be done. That's when real life happens. That's when the fullness of life that God wants for us will fully be experienced. But until then, we have to wait, we have to endure. And so over and over again, the Bible says, tells us and reminds us this life is really the entryway to the life to come. So uh, in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the men and women of old, the men and women of great faith who had come before them in the Old Testament and, and other men and women. And this is what he says about them. He says they were looking forward to a better home In heaven this is why God wasn't ashamed for them to call him their God and he even built a city for them they were looking with a perspective beyond the immediate it requires the ability to patiently persevere you're going through some stuff and some of you are going through some stuff and if you aren't going through some stuff now you have gone through some stuff then and if you haven't gone through some stuff then and you're not going through some stuff now Here's another news flash. You're going to go through, through some stuff at some point because that's what life is. Life is this uh, up and down and sometimes we have suffering and pain and difficulty and trials and we have to learn to patiently endure through these seasons of life. So what James is saying is he's not saying just hold on to heaven. Oh, just hold on to heaven and you'll make it. He's not saying that. He's saying... I want you to have a completely different point of view. This isn't just hold on to heaven. This is about the attitude in which you embrace having to be patient. So this is what he says. He says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door as an example of suffering and patience. Brothers, take the example of Job and the Old Testament prophets. Behold, consider those blessed who remain steadfast have you not heard of the steadfastness of job you have seen the purpose who uh, you have seen the purpose of the lord how the lord is compassionate and merciful so what he's saying is this isn't just about grin and bear it hold on and in your heart and to your friends and at the dinner table and when you're driving in the car grumble and complain and murmur and it's just ridiculous that i have to go through this he's saying that's if, if you're doing that You're not having the heart that engages in learning to patiently persevere. That you have to at some point say, there is a way in which I can get through this. And one of the reasons that James just alluded to is that you can get through it is because God is with you. You're looking forward to the return of Christ and and he's saying God is with you. Jesus knows God cares. So here's one great thing you can hold on to. No matter what you're going through, God knows what you're going through. No matter what you're going through, God knows what you're going through. He knows and he cares. And he's saying, you can get through this because I will walk through it with you. And here's the great thing. When God says, I'll walk it through you. If you, uh, if you know the New Testament, what does it refer to the believers, the church in the New Testament as? The body of Christ. It wasn't a trick question. The body of Christ. If we're the body of Christ and God says, I'll be with you in this season of patiently enduring, it implies by necessity that you don't just have to patiently endure by yourself alone, you and God, I'll get through this. Now, there are times when that's all you have and it's enough. But the majority of the time, patiently enduring means that there are men and women, brothers and sisters, fellow believers of Christ who will be there and walk through it with you. So you need to find those people. Because you can't patiently endure on your own. So I'm going through, God knows what you're going through no matter what you're going through. And he will bring people into your life to help you walk through it. But it means you have to open up, you have to be honest. I am struggling with this. I had this experience when I was growing up and I don't know how to deal with it. Talk to someone, let them help you. Let them walk through it with you. So we have to get to the point where we say, I can patiently endure this because God is going through this with me. And so he says, think about the Old Testament prophets. They went through all this stuff. And then he mentions Job. Now, if you don't know who Job is, Job was this uh, fellow from the Old Testament who went through some horrible experiences. I mean, just just intense times of suffering and loss, lost his family, lost his fortune, lost his health. But through it all, Job stayed steadfast. He said, I'm not just looking at the immediate. I am looking beyond the immediate. I have a long-term vision. How do we know that? Because of Job's own words. This is what he said. I know, I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. And after my skin, my flesh, my body, when I am dead on the earth, when my life ceases to exist, this I know, that in my flesh, I will see God. In other words, I believe in the resurrection. I believe that when I've died and, and, and I've breathed my last, that at some point, God will raise me up. And in my own body, I will see God. That is long-term vision for long-term patience. And that's what it requires. We have to get to the point where we say, I can get through this. And so we have to orient our minds so differently. Patience isn't just for those immediate things. Patience is what sees us through all manner of difficulties and if you only have short-term patience what often happens is in life in your walk with the Lord in your commitment to Jesus things get hard things get difficult and you bail you you know people that have done this I know people that have done this because we're trying to live a long-term commitment with short-term patience and it doesn't work so that's why James adds this, and this is the last verse we're going to look at from James today. Above all, my brothers, do not swear. Football players, take note of that. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean what you think. Above all, brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So let me just say what it doesn't mean. Swear doesn't mean cussing it doesn't mean curse words that's not what he's talking about and he's not talking about you should never ever ever take an oath here on earth Um, you know a sacred vow he's not condemning that indeed the bible at different times talks about the value in that so when you uh, get married and you take a a wedding vow he's not saying that's bad if you're going to give testimony in a court and you and you promise. You swear under oath to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. He's not saying that that's something that you shouldn't do. He's not condemning that in any way. He's actually giving us some warnings on how we should live our lives in light of needing long-term patience. And so the first thing is this. He's telling us to be mindful of making brash and rash decisions and statements. Be mindful of making brash statements and rash decisions. Just, I'm going to do this. One day, I swear I will. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand for this. I'll never compromise. You see, you watch. One day I will. Well, some people watch and one day you don't. And then everyone says, well, what happened to your big words? So what he's saying is, yeah, there are things you want to do, accomplish, things you're claiming you're going to stand for, ways you want to live. Live it out don't worry about being so bold and brash and impressing everyone live out your intent through your life and it and the words are secondary so here an example of that in the Bible who remembers a guy named Peter okay good a few of you <laughs> so Peter Peter is one of Jesus best friends Jesus had a lot of followers and he had some closer friends. And then he had this group of 12 that were, he was really tight with. But of those 12, he had like three that were his, his bros. And, and, and he, they were tight. I mean, they, they were close. And now Jesus has spent over three years with them. And he knows, Jesus knows, the end of my life is coming. So he begins to tell them these things are going to happen to me. And everyone's going to leave. Everyone's going to abandon me. And he's talking to these 12 close friends. So in that 12 with these three is Peter's one of them. And Peter's <laughs> not me, Jesus. Oh, He makes this bold, brash statement, no matter what, no matter what, I'll stand with you. This is actually what it says in the Gospel of Luke. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I'm ready to go to jail with you. And even to die, Jesus said, Peter, I'm telling you, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. You'll deny that you even knew me three different times. And sure enough, before the day ends, Peter says three different times, I don't know him, I don't know him. And it says he swears, he makes an oath. I'm telling you, I don't know him. All his brash and rash statements amounted to nothing. Well, what he should have done is say, if this is what I'm committing to in my heart, I will just live it out. And I will let my commitment be seen through my actions, through my life, through how I handle the situation more than big words and bravado. I mean, listen, how many politicians say a lot of stuff? How many of them do what they say? I can count on no hands how many in my lifetime have ever done everything they said they're going to do. None. So let your life be reflective of your words. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Watch these brash statements, these bold proclamations. The next thing James is getting at is this. Allow your character to back up your words. You don't need, you shouldn't need anything else. I said I'll do it. That's it. Oh, I'm telling you, you could trust me. I'm promising you no matter what. I mean, the, the more someone adds a statement of guarantees on the back end of their statement, the more you go, I don't know if I believe the original intent. So be a person of character. It used to be things like this. She is a person of integrity. If she says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. He's a man of his word. If he tells me it's going to happen, that's good enough for me. Being a person of your word used to be something that we would hear in our culture, in our society, and it has gone away. We don't hear that very often. About 100 years ago, maybe 120 years ago, early 1900s, all you required for a business transaction was what was was called a gentleman's handshake, a gentleman's agreement. You shook hands, you gave your word, no lawyers, no contracts. That was enough. About 40 years after that, right after World War II or so, gentleman uh, agreement, gentleman's handshake began to go out of uh, fashion and it was replaced by contracts once everything was put in 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 writing written down agreed to trust was established and that contract was unbreakable you promised to do this it's written down great now another 60 years later 70 years later (laughs) contracts are as good as a lawyer who can poke holes in it people sign contracts and break them and they don't even care Whatever, doesn't matter, big deal. James is saying, be a person of a character. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Stand behind what you're doing. Don't make this a game. Don't try and leverage it for your advantage. Don't try and take uh, the path that uh, benefits you the most at the detriment of other people. But that's so lost in our society. So he's saying to us, hey, if you're a follower of Christ, let your character shine through let your life be reflective of your commitment. Stop worrying about trying to prove that what you say is what you mean. Just live it out. Just live it out. And so the third thing he's warning us about is this, is stop living in the land of maybe. Avoid living in the land of maybe. Now, what does that mean? It's where so many of us like to live. We love to live in the land of maybe, that, that kind of that gap between yes and no why why do we like it so much because there's no commitment so hey do you and your family want to come over this weekend maybe hey do you want to grab a cup of coffee next week maybe hey do you want to uh get get together and and do something maybe why do we say maybe because we don't want to commit I don't really want to go to your house, but I don't want to say no. I also don't want to miss out because might, I might find out that other people are going. I don't have any other options, and so I don't want to miss out and not go. So I say maybe, and then there's no commitment, and there's no mess. If I don't show up, there's no consequences. There's no expectation, and if I don't show up, and then the next day say, hey, man, we missed you last night. Where were you? Well, I told you maybe. I told you I try to make it, but, and we want to live In that land of maybe. And James is saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, when it matters, in the things that are of substance, you can't live in the land of maybe. He's saying, You need patient perseverance, waiting through seasons and sometimes a life of difficulty. In other words, he's saying, You can't maybe your relationship with Jesus. You can't maybe as a follower of Jesus. Maybe I'll be fully committed. Maybe. I'll give him my whole life. Maybe I'll live for him. But if it costs more than I'm willing to pay, if it takes longer than I think it should, if the situation doesn't resolve itself the way I want it to, if God doesn't answer the prayer the way I thought he would answer the prayer, then maybe, just maybe, I won't. And James is saying you can't maybe your way in a relationship with God. If you need long-term vision, you need long-term commitment. Commitment. Listen, maybe doesn't work in any other area of life. We want to use it in our relationship with God, but think about this. Doctor, am I pregnant? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, imagine the pregnancy test. It's not pink or blue or whatever colors, yes or no, positive, negative. It just says maybe. <laughs> I could have told you that. Did right? You ask the football team next week, hey, did you guys win the game? Maybe. Well, yes or no? I mean, did you win or didn't you win? Uh, Will you marry me? Maybe. (laughs) I'm waiting for a better offer. (laughs) It, It wouldn't work in any other area of life. And yet somehow we think we can maybe our way in our relationship with Jesus. And James is saying, you're going to go through some stuff. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be pain. There's going to be difficulties. You're going to need long-term patience. And the only way to get through long-term is to have a long-term committed yes to Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus talks about this. Jesus knew that maybe wouldn't work when it came to God's kingdom, to his father's kingdom, to the kingdom that he came to establish. So this is what uh, Jesus says. Jesus said, anyone, anyone, anyone. That's you and me. We're part of the anyone. Anyone who starts to plow and keeps looking back. Anyone who says, yes, I'm going to do this, but maybe I'm not. I mean, I really want to, but maybe I won't. This sounds good, but maybe, just maybe, there's a better option. Anyone who keeps looking back is of no use to God's kingdom. Aren't you glad Jesus said that and not your pastor? Because we don't like that. I mean, we want it to be Jesus. I like this as long as it doesn't cost something, as long as I don't have to deny myself, as long as I don't have to reorient my worldview, as long as I don't have to say, hey, this is the truth of your word and I can't compromise it. Therefore, I'm not gonna change your word, I'm gonna change. But we say maybe, just maybe, I could find a better option and I can take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of me and a little bit of what the world has to offer and I can make that work and Jesus says, you are of no use to the kingdom of God. You can't maybe your way into God's kingdom. So what does all this mean? It means in life, there are difficulties. In life, there are struggles. James says, you're gonna suffer sometimes. You're gonna have to endure. People aren't gonna like you. And as followers of Christ, they're not always gonna agree with your worldview. But if you will move beyond maybe and say, yes, I'm committed, yes, I'm committed. I'm gonna walk through this. Yes, I'm gonna have my eyes fixed on the return of Jesus, a long-term vision that no matter what I have to go through, I know God is with me. I know he'll, he'll sustain me. And in the end, he'll honor me. That's what James is getting at. You can't maybe your way with God. There's no more maybes. And in life, you have to say, am I in Or am I out? When it comes to your relationship with God, is it yes or no? So here's what I'm gonna ask. If you just close your eyes. I don't know anyone right now who probably isn't in some way, shape or form taking some inventory of their own life. What does this mean for me? Where do I need long-term patience? Maybe you're going through something right now and it requires long-term patience. And you've you've been just holding on. God wants to strengthen that today. Maybe for some of you, and you don't even know this, but something's coming down the road. And it's going to seem to hit you like a Mack truck. And what God wants for you is not in that moment to say, "Oh, now I need patience." He wants you to begin to seek him now to form character and integrity that your words would line up with your actions, not bold, brash statements, but preparing you. Don't wait till the moment you need long-term patience. Ask for it now. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're in this sacred place. When I say a sacred place, you you can think in terms of this building, but you can also think in terms of where you are because you are sacred. If you're a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And so you're made of the stuff of earth. So the earth of you is sacred. So here's what I'm going to ask. Just take your hand and place it on your chest and begin to ask God, where do I need patience. Where do I need character? Where do I need to change? Where do I need to move from maybe to yes? Just ask him right now. God, show me. Help me. I need character. I need my life to be reflective of my commitment. I need to stop making all these bold, brash rash statements God help me simply to live the way you want me to live just ask him right now God show me reveal that to me and as you're praying I want you to know you can say no to Jesus you can always say no he's never going to make you say yes you could say no I don't want to pay the price it's too much I want to live my own way I want to live my own life you can say no to Jesus or you can say yes Yes, I'm willing to pay the price. Yes, I'm willing to lay myself down, my life down. Yes, I'm willing to deny myself every day. Yes, I'm willing to do that. You could say yes, or you could say no, but you can't live maybe for Jesus. As you're praying, there may be someone here right now this morning here in person joining us online, and you would say for the first time, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to give him my life. I need to make a commitment to him. I want to I want to say Jesus, I'm going to live for you. You're going to be my leader. You're going to be my Lord. I've tried to live on my own terms and it hasn't worked. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand right where you are. Say I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm laying my life down. If you raised your hand I'm going to lead us into prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat these words after me. And then we're going to go into a time of uh, some, singing some more songs, celebrating God. And as we sing those songs, if you'd like prayer, if you'd say, there's some things I need to deal with. there are going to be prayer teams up here. But if everyone would stand to your feet right now, whether you rose your hand or not, I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me. If you're a follower of Jesus or if you're making this decision right now, if you would repeat this after me with your eyes closed if you are praying this for the first time and you mean it, you are giving your life to Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is just restating, this is how I want to live. Heavenly Father, I come to you now and I give you my life. 100%. It's yours. All my mistakes, all my failures, all my sins, I lay them down. I ask you to forgive me And I receive new life with Christ. Help me to live for him. To follow him. Now and for always. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. To give me the power. And the ability. To walk out this commitment. I can't do it on my own. But with your help. All things are possible. Thank you Jesus. In your name I pray amen amen praise god if you prayed that prayer and you meant it welcome to god's family for everyone else as this song is played if you would say you know there's some areas where i need prayer i need to work on my character i need to work on my words i need to work i need to push myself further to yes and farther away from maybe closer to yes and further away that's any of those things and as this song is played please come forward let someone pray with you pray for.